So, gentlemen, I just got back from the Masters this afternoon, flew back. I hadn't been paying much attention to what's going on. So, anything new with the Not, Timberwolves? No, nice and quiet. <laughs> All quiet on the on Okay, the well, Timberwolves thanks for front. coming, everybody. Yeah. We appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> tip your waitresses on the way out. Uh, this is actually a really cool thing here. Uh, we, we've done sh live shows here before at Head Flyer Brewing, and they've gone great. Uh, it's a great place to hang out. It's a great place to do a podcast, listen to a podcast. Last time we did a show, we were lucky to have Dane Moore as a guest of the John Krasinski Show. Today, Michael Grady, uh, Timberwolves play-by-play -play announcer here. Please give him a warm welcome. We really appreciate him coming out. Uh, great to have him. He's really busy this time of year. It's really a special, nice thing that he's willing to spend some time with us tonight. Uh, so thank you, Michael, and welcome. John and I have talked about it on the show many times. We, we've just loved the way you've done the job this year. Love the vibe, the knowledge, the, the interaction with Jim Peterson. So congratulations to being here. I hope you're here for a long time. Uh, this is the John Krasinski Show. Guy on the right wearing athletic hat, athletic shirt, athletic socks, athletic shoes. I keep my pants on. We'll or stop there. Athletic yeah. underwear. And, and, of course, manscaped underwear. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Absolutely. That's John Krasinski. This is the John Krasinski Show. This is TalkNorth.com. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate all the sponsors who make this possible. Let's get right into it, gentlemen, and let's start with our guest, Michael Grady. Uh, listen, John, John can get deeper into the weeds on this stuff. Just what has it been like for you? to watch the events of the last few days? It makes, it makes me um, chuckle a little bit, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, because when I stepped into this role, the first thing people said was, get ready for crazy. <laughs> <and so forth." laughs> that was the first thing that, and it was, the thing I kept hearing repeated over and over again is, get ready for a roller coaster ride. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm, I just came from Brooklyn and Kyrie, and yeah. how crazy can it get? So, um, pretty crazy. So yeah, you know, so, you know there's, there's, there's ups and downs with every team. There's wild rides with every team across the league. Um, obviously, the, the events yesterday were, were shocking, uh, no doubt. But, um, but there were so, from my personal perspective, uh, there were so many great things that happened this season, so many great stories that happened this season um, that I would hate for it to get overshadowed by. Um, uh, a poor decision in a moment, if you will, from a, from a couple of guys who have good intentions, but it was just a really, really ill-timed moment, if you will. So um, overall for me, it's been tremendous, and it was wild telling that story. <laughs> Yesterday, I know it was the same for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was – it felt like last – the game was 48 minutes of an 82 – of the 82-game season. Yes. It was – the times that you look at this team and you say, what in the world is going on? Like, how can they not get this thing together? What, what propels them? What prompts them to lash out the way they do, to act the way they do, to make the mistakes that they did, both on the court and going down the tunnel, things like that. And then just when you think it's over, stick a fork in them. They're done, nothing. There's no way they're coming back from this. They put together a probably, what, 18-minute stretch from the middle of the third quarter to the, through the end of the fourth that was as overwhelming physically, athletically, and skill-wise as any team can muster in this league. <laughs> like, I mean, what you saw from Anthony Edwards on defense, what you saw from Carl Anthony Towns shooting the ball, Torian Prince, like, running like a bat out of hell in, in transition. It was just phenomenal. And like you said, I, I, I left last night at 2.30 in the morning from Target Center after all of the stuff, and, and I thought, 
it's really a shame that we are going to be talking, rightfully so, about Rudy Gobert, about Jaden McDaniels, about Kyle Anderson, about those things, because that win was as gritty and as gutsy as we you could ever ask for. And but they also have to deal with the fallout of the drama that 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 came with it. We are at Headflyer Brewing. It's on Hennepin. John's going to tell you more about it later. Uh, we want to thank our producer, Brandon Morton, who holds the network together and, and makes these live shows work. The best way to listen to this show or any show at talknorth.com, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. As you probably know by now, we have John Krasinski. We have uh, John and I do a Viking show as well. We have Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta. Uh, we are working on our women's sports show to replace the Cheryl Reeves show. We have Jeff Diamond, the former Vikings general manager. We have John Millay on preps. Uh, Roy Smalley and Lavelle Neal do a great baseball show with me. Check it all out. We have Dave Lee, uh, Mike Grimm on the Gophers. Uh, Joe Anderson has joined the network. We have tons of outdoor content. The network's growing. We appreciate it. Our listeners make it happen. Our sponsors make it happen. Sponsors on this show, we have, we're, and by the way, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio, Manscaped, All Energy Solar, Head Flyer Brewing, and TSR Injury Law. Once again, Aquarius Home Services is providing our studio these days. So, do you want to start with basketball or with the fireworks? Should we just get the fireworks get, get out the of the fireworks way? Get the fireworks going. Yeah, everyone wants the red meat. Let's go. Let's start with that. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, who has always seemed like a really composed young man, punches a wall. That, to me, was more surprising than some kind of little pushing thing in a, in a huddle where those things can happen. Let's start with Jaden McDaniels. How surprised are you by that? Well, here, here's what I'd say. It's an interesting dichotomy with Jaden because he, he never changes his facial expression on the court at all, no matter what is happening. But you, he has an internal temperature gauge that runs hot. He's very competitive. He gets very upset when he thinks the referees are, whistling, are, are calling him differently than others, and which sometimes he has a very good point with that. Um, and so what we saw, uh, last night was him get two fouls early on and Ingram was torching the wolves. And I think he took it personally that he was not able to get Brandon Ingram a little bit more under control. And when he got a foul that he didn't agree with, he got upset, goes down the tunnel. And as I reported today, um, at the athletic, like there is in, in the tunnel for, for those of you who know it, like there's a big kind of plastic curtain drapery over the tunnel as players walk in. So as he was walking out of the tunnel, he went to hit the curtain that was, and he thought it was just a plastic curtain that he was going to hit and just in frustration. And he didn't know that target center is built on an Indian burial ground and that there is a cement wall right behind <laughs> that curtain. And so he hit it. And it shocked the heck out of him and broke his hand. And I do think that for all of the attention that the Gobert-Anderson kerfuffle got, um, the Jaden McDaniels injury is much more damning to them. They can weather Gobert's absence for a game with Carl Anthony Towns by going a little smaller, um, doing those things. Jaden McDaniels not only defensively, but what he's done offensively is not irreplaceable, but man, he's a, he's a tough one. And especially you going against the Lakers, LeBron, Austin Reeves, D'Lo, like they're going to need all hands on deck from a perimeter defense standpoint. So to not have him is devastating. 
And I do know that he is completely devastated by his actions. He apologized to his teammates. He feels really bad about it. And just a bad stroke of luck there at the worst time. And I, I just really feel bad for Jaden. I mean, this is the most that Jaden has been talked about across the league um, in his young NBA career. You know, there's so much talk about Anthony Edwards and how special he is at 21 years old. And McDaniels being 21 as well and the campaign to be on one of the all-defensive teams and the website that they just put together. I mean, we were talking about Jaden in a glowing way that was finally starting to resonate on the ESPNs and the NBA TVs of the world. And so for this to happen, I just really, I just really feel for him. I know he feels bad that he can't help out his teammates, but just an opportunity, again, with all the momentum and a playing game against the Lakers where he would be matched up at times against LeBron or matched up against D'Angelo Russell uh, or anybody who seems to be getting hot for the Lakers or in the first round if it's against a Jamal Murray or Aaron Gordon and what he would have to do defensively there or if it's the Memphis Grizzlies, of John course, Morant. and John Morant um, uh, once again advancing the narrative on just how much of a dynamic defender he is and the development that we've seen on the offensive side of the ball. And um, it's a missed opportunity. Um, and so I, I, certainly, I certainly feel for him, and I would agree. That's a, that's a hefty, hefty blow um, when you're talking about being out for, I know that there's no timetable on it, but uh, not for the foreseeable future. And, and I just really feel for him. Really yeah. feel for him. He's just a, a great, great young player. We, I'm, I'm getting on a plane in the morning to go to L.A., and if Jaden McDaniels is in that lineup, I feel really good about the matchup. Now, are they, would they be able to win? I don't know. Um, but the, the sort of leverage that he exerts uh, on, on the defensive end and then his ability to hit open threes, to get to the basket, there were so many times this year where they were struggling offensively, and it was actually McDaniels going to the basket, breaking his guy down and rising up over him and getting some kind of awkward bucket right in you know yeah. a Jalen Noel style bucket like he his ability to get that I think was overshadowed by all our talk about his defense which has been phenomenal and so uh, that makes the hill to climb even steeper going into tomorrow without him doesn't make it impossible but certainly uh, it, it, you know for a guy who has absolutely taken a leap in his third year it's not the way that he wanted to end it for sure no and you mentioned him being composed I don't I don't know that I 100% agree with that. Okay. He hasn't done anything quite like that, but he's sort of, you've seen the memes of the, like a mask that looks like a straight face, and then there's... Underneath. There's underneath, there's stuff going, we, we can't cuss on this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, there's, there's shit going on behind yeah. the mask, yeah. right? And that's, that's who he is. I mean, he's got yep. this demeanor, but there is violent, there is stuff going on behind that mask that makes him such a special player and a fiery competitor when he's out there, both on the offensive end and defensive end, to where he gets the occasional frustration foul. Or it's like, they, they need you. They, they need you. Don't get that foul. So there's the, the, what puts him on edge um, can sometimes get you into trouble, get him into foul trouble, put him on the bench or in an extreme situation, he's breaking his hand. But it's also what's made him um, take such a big leap this season. Uh, Michael, let's start with you on this one. The Gobert situation. Is this much to do about nothing, or is this a problem that was festering, or is it a problem that could fester? I, I don't think that, well, time, time will tell. Sure. Time will tell for sure. Um, I do think that this is something that's uh, um, just an unfortunate heat of the moment, couldn't be worse timing situation with it being 
uh, game number 82 and an important game that it's unreal that they won the game and amazing that they won the game and the grit and the determination and the heart that they played with is something that all Timberwolves fans are certainly proud of. Um, but to be in that situation to where you were unavailable in the second half, I know certainly, certainly hurts. So I don't look, Kyle has, you know, he's, he's got to own his part of this as well, but he has an edge that he plays with and he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He tells you exactly the way that he sees it. He's going to get after you. And I don't think anybody particularly likes it. Right. But I think they know it's coming from a place where he just absolutely wants to win and he's trying to get the most out of you. So um, there have been dust ups, I'm sure, with with Kyle Anderson because of the things that he's saying. And I said this before, I, mean, I, I talked with Nikhil Alexander Walker shortly after he arrived and I asked him, what's it been like acclimating yourself with this Timberwolves squad and your new teammates? What's it, what's it been like? What stood out? And he said, um, Kyle Anderson's different. Yeah. <laughs> like, Kyle, yeah. like I've been on some teams where they just kind of let some things sleep on. Kyle will tell you yeah. bluntly to your face yep. what he's thinking and doesn't care about how it comes off. But it took him a moment to realize, okay, he wants to win. I'm not going to internalize this. That's what it is. We saw <clears throat> earlier dust up where Kyle, again, gets frustrated in the moment and will say something to Gobert. And he wanted Gobert to do something that he wasn't able to do. And yeah. I can't remember what the play was. And Kyle realized it immediately after he said something sharp to Gobert and then kissed him. On the cheek. On the cheek. <laughs> yep. Sacramento game. So, right? yeah. yeah. Right. He caught, yeah. So he caught himself. So yeah. um, I, I think it's one of those things Gobert said after that he loves the guy. Um, I certainly hope this is something that could get swept under the rug. Both guys owning their parts in it. And it's unfortunate it happened in that situation. Obviously, things like that are going to blow up on a national level when they happen. But I think it's something that they can quickly move on from. I've had a ton of conversations with people over the last 24 hours about this. Um, and one of the one person who I talk to in the league a lot, um, really trust and has a good feel of things, just asked me on point blank, like, John, do they hate Rudy Gobert? And I, I told him, I, no, I don't think that they hate Rudy Gobert. I do think that there is, there are plenty of occasions where there is frustration that comes because Rudy is an ugly offensive player. He does not have the fluid skills um, on the offensive end that really will get him on a um, you know hoops house of highlights type of a thing. He's he misses layups sometimes. He drops bounce passes and things like that. And I do think that that aesthetic struggle for him in like it earns him a lack of respect sometimes from players around the league, especially. And some people internally will have their their frustrations with him. But I do think that there is an absolute recognition and appreciation, especially from Kyle, who is one of the smartest players on the roster of this guy makes us better defensively like there is an appreciation for his game um and i just think that in the heat of that moment they were playing really poorly uh they were down 12 points at the time um and and i think kyle lashed out now where i do want to make sure that people keep a little bit of focus on is everyone loves to take shots at rudy he's an easy target and, but Kyle Anderson before the game was one who really pushed Rudy to play in that game. He had back spasms. He could really have, he really couldn't move 
very much at all. I was in the locker room with him as he was trying to loosen up, trying to get going. And Kyle and several of the teammates were like, come on, Rudy, we need you. We need you. Let's go. And so when Rudy got out there on the floor and could not move the way that he normally does, I think that there was a feeling inside him of like, Kyle, why are you giving me a hard time? You know I'm really struggling right now. Uh, Kyle has missed 12 games this year with back spasms. He knows what that's like to go through. And so I think in that moment, what prompted Rudy Gobert to escalate the situation way farther than he ever should have was a frustration probably within himself of he wants to help this team and physically he can't do it. And so he wanted a little more understanding and empathy about that. So after the game, I do think that there have been conversations with Rudy, with Kyle, with others to just understand what, the, what Rudy was trying to do for the team and the position that maybe he was put in by Kyle, who has always been this fiery leader and wants to like, motivate and push guys and do that. But at some times, there's got to be an understanding of, hey, man, this guy is hurting. And I have to give him a little bit of grace. Or I have to tell Finch, look, this guy can't make it right now. We got to take him out and go with another direction. And so for all of the people who love to label Rudy as soft or love to take shots that way, that was the opposite of soft from Rudy Gobert. He was doing everything he could to help his team in any way. And he could not move. And so... Um, I think Kyle crossed the line a little bit there. Should he have been punched? Absolutely not. And Rudy deserved the one-game suspension that he got for it. But I do think after the game, players understood this was, this was a, an isolated blow-up, and this is something that we can move past. And I was told that players would have been totally fine with him playing tomorrow um, that, against the Lakers. Like, there were conversations with guys like, are you good with this? And they're like, yeah, this is, this is fine. We'll be, we'll be okay. But it was an organizational decision. Like, look, we cannot have players punching people during the game on live TV. And so they, they made the decision to, to, to suspend him. Even Timberwolves? <laughs> well, that's about the only thing I haven't seen in 20 years is on the floor, in the huddle, an actual punch. We've seen it all otherwise. And, I, and I'll, I'll just echo, echo your point. I think the guys know how valuable and how important Rudy is to what they do on both ends of the floor. And his on unorthodox uh, style and, and offensive game or whatnot sometimes masks, you, um, masks how effective yes. he is out there on the court. Um, he may have an important 16 and 12 with a, with a block, but because there were a couple of layups missed here or there and you feel like he should have had 22, then it leads people to say some you know, disparaging things about Gobert uh, when the reality is he's still doing things out there on the court. And we've seen, I mean, he's been solid for the most part this season, but we've seen his game go to another level after the All-Star break. 100%. And certainly once Conley came in and understood how to keep the big fella happy. And so, yes, um, things may not look pretty you know, at times, uh, but um, his... 18 that he may give you the 12 rebounds or whatever it may be the way that he's affecting shots and doing things that don't show up on a stat sheet he's just an interesting player to cover in terms of what he provides you in terms of production and then how he's perceived publicly and the, just to like juxtapose that like Nas Reed 
is beloved and respected in that locker room, and rightfully so, but he, has, he is so skilled with the handle, with the shot, getting to the basket. Like, he absolutely hypnotizes his teammates. And they, he has made himself into a really great offensive player. But if you put Nas and Rudy together, Rudy is a better player and a more impactful player at this stage of his career than Nas is. But some players just have such a respect for the crossover, for the ability to just catch in traffic and score and, and things like that, that. And they have a little bit less recognition for, you know what, he only blocks one shot a game. But a big reason for that is no one will come into the paint against him. The deterrence and things of that nature, the screen setting. And so they're just totally different aesthetic natures, but um, it, it's something that you have to be around them a lot, and you, and you really have to kind of immerse yourself in the game to really appreciate. Let's talk about Head Flyer Brewing. I'm going to let John take over this portion of the show. Oh, you're on. Okay, good. I was going to give you my headset. <laughs> I'll still let you take over yeah. the show, John. Well, everyone, thanks for coming out tonight. This is awesome. Um, as I've said before, my wife Gretchen and I, who is Gretchen's here today too, um, we have been coming here for years and years, long before we had a business relationship with this place. It's a great beer selection. It's great vibes. You can bring your dog. You can bring your kids. You can just kind of hang out and just have fun with your friends. Um, Neil and Nate and Sean and everyone have been awesome here for us. They made Crunch Time beer, and it has my name on the can. And so <laughs> how cool is that? But um, Neil, thanks so much for having us here, and, and we just uh, we have a great time uh, being here. For sure, and yeah, we love being part of the John Krasinski Show. This is our second year that we're sponsoring. Uh, we're all diehard sports fans, you know, for better or for worse in Minnesota. So we were just joking about, you know, how Minnesota sports fans are the ones who can handle weird things like this because we've been trained on it with the Vikings and other stuff. So, yeah, it's been a great partnership. We really like talking about sports. We want to create a place where people can come and watch sports and kind of hang out. Uh, appreciate everybody being out here. We, we do, do make a wide variety of beers, and Crunch Time is one of our favorites. We kind of conceptualized this with John last year to make a patio crusher. Uh, and yeah, we put his name on it. We spelled it correctly. I did check 16 or 17 times before I uh, showed him the picture. But yeah, we did get that right. So yeah, definitely enjoy that and uh, come out anytime, whether it's sports or uh, we do have our anniversary party coming out April 22nd. We got some great bands. You can see a sweet picture of Nate right there in his usual uh, Monday outfit. But uh, we got some great music from per your Sandstone, Harlow and some other great bands. So it'll be a lot of fun, a lot of beer releases. So April 22nd, definitely come out. We're going to be hanging out in the parking lot over there. It's going to be a huge event. So definitely come out and enjoy and neil this is a super cool time right because like the weather is finally nice yes and yes. you got the you got the super nice deck out here and it's just perfect brewery weather just come out hang out either on the weekends at night after work or whatever it is and have a good time yeah for sure and it's been a long time coming on the you know the spring season so it's been pretty tough but we got some new patio heaters out there we just flat fired them up so people can kind of enjoy a little bit warmer weather than uh, they're used to and yeah definitely come out and we appreciate it great well, thanks so much yeah Thanks so much for having us. We appreciate it. And I know John, uh, I don't know, the, the can's bigger than John. I'm not, I think that might be a, a, some kind no of a mistake. I have no problem finishing it, though. But, That's but all right. John, yeah, John will dive in, swim around, and finish that thing, no doubt about it. So thanks so much. We yep. appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Neil. you. Thanks. And by the way, I live in downtown Minneapolis right by Target Center. And when I put, hit the GPS to come over here today, I think it was like seven minutes. Uh, this is really close to downtown. It's really close, close to Northeast. It's a great location. Again, I, you know. Back before I, I even did a podcast, I used to come here and bring my dog. So I uh, highly recommend this place. I also want to thank our other sponsors, 
TSR Injury Law, you know all about them. Uh, Manscaped, John tells you all about them. And All Energy Solar. Manscaped is here with a deal you can't pass over this Easter season. They've got the tools to give you the beautifully decorated eggs of your dreams. Just because it's Easter doesn't mean it's okay to hide those bad boys behind all that tall grass. So make sure you, your downstairs lawn is mowed. Get yourself feeling as sweet as candy by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off plus free shipping with the code ATHLETIC. It's time to put all your eggs into the perfect basket with the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped. Inside this ball care bunny basket, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is an elite electric trimmer. It has the proprietary advanced skin safe technology that is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and equipped with an LED light so you can keep eyes on those eggs even in the dark. The Easter Bunny dropped off an extra special gift with the performance package by adding the upgraded Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes. So save 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. I'd like to tell you about all energy solar. Solar panels are the only home improvement project that pays for itself. Learn more about Going solar this spring at All Energy Solar's free webinar by visiting allenergysolar.com slash webinar. Now, if you go to allenergysolar.com slash coach, you can find out how you can save money on your solar installation. You find out what incentives you can qualify for. And if you go to allenergysolar.com slash battery, you can find out about how solar with energy storage can provide peace of mind during winter storms and all the other storms we get here in Minnesota. So go to All Energy Solar and find out just how good solar energy can be for you. Hey everyone, it's John for Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. Been going there for years with my wife. They have great beers. It's a great tap room. And we have something exciting to announce as you're getting ready for what is going to be another crazy week in wolf season. On Monday... Um, we will be hosting a live recording of the John Krasinski show. Jim Suhan and I will be there, possibly some special guests as well at Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. We will show up probably around 6 p.m. Monday, uh, hang out for a while. We will record the show at 7 p.m. So come in, have some beers, ask some questions. Either it's going to be a great uh, exciting build excitement for the play-in tournament uh, on Tuesday, or we're going to be having some therapy session if things don't go as we hope they will go this weekend. So um, we will also be unveiling the next batch of Crunch Time beer, which is our collaboration with the good folks, Neil and Nate and everyone at Head Flyer Brewing. Um, so you can have a few beers. Uh, we can hang out, talk some wolves, we can have, you know, we can kind of lean on each other. It's been a tough year. It's been a crazy year and it might be even be an exciting year. So come out and join us. The last head flyer show was awesome. The place was packed. Get there a little early, get a seat close to the tables where we'll be set up and, and we'll have a good time. So stop by and see us head flyer brewing Northeast Minneapolis on Monday, starting at 6 PM recording at 7 PM. We'll see you there. We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR Injury Law help me if I'm hurt on a motorcycle? Yeah. How about if I'm hurt on a boat? Yes. 
It's simple. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. Okay, let's go, let's go really big picture before we go back to details here. As you said, you've been covering this franchise forever, and crazy things happen all the time. Is there a root cause of the craziness, or is it pure randomness? I mean, I, at this point, you know, we've all joked about the curses and, and all the things that, that seem to afflict this franchise, but at this point, it feels like pure randomness because I'm going to sound silly, but I really think Tim Connolly is one of the best leaders of a front office in the league. I think Chris Finch is one of the best coaches in the league. You have Anthony Edwards, a burgeoning star. You have Carl Anthony Towns, who actually is willing to be a shotgun rider and, a, and is a, and a great player in his own right. So many things come together to make this team that should be a deep playoff run type of a team, and it is just not happening. Now, maybe they will find a way and put things together and pull a rabbit out of their hat, but um, I've seen so many times before where you can really point to, well, this GM doesn't know what he's doing, or this head coach is in over his head, or this player is actively trying to sabotage things. Um, this contract situation has blown the whole team up. This owner, this owner does not see what the heck is going on. But like systematically, over the last, say, year and a half to two years, the quote-unquote right moves have been made. Um, you cannot argue with hiring Tim Connolly from Denver after what he built there. And um, you can't argue with what Chris Finch has done. But like when they get here, something happens to weigh everything down. And I will say this, the, the thing that is unique here is the cynicism that seems to be a cloak over it's the so entire immediate. organization. That's, that's the problem here. It. Is it, it's like anything happens and everybody's like, oh, there it goes. Yep. And, and from the fan perspective, I do not blame you. I like, understand it. Like you, you, you have been kicked in the teeth for 20 years. Like I understand that. But internal, inside the organization, I do think that there is some reflection and some soul searching that needs to be done because there is a just baked in pressure and, um, and head hanging sometimes that happens that needs to be fixed. And, um, and before that, until that happens, it is a lot easier to give in to the adversity that comes versus trying to overcome it. Yeah, you know, uh, so I came up in Indiana with the Pacers, and I'll relate this in a similar fashion. One of the frustrations there when they had some really good teams with Paul George and uh, David West and Roy Hibbert and those guys, and they had one of the better records in the Eastern Conference, and they didn't feel like they were getting enough national attention. You're not putting this on TNT. You're not putting this on ESPN. And the only way that you can be able to get to that level or be able to get that recognition that you feel that you deserve is to win. And there's different levels of that. Denver is going through that right now where they had a very successful season, best record in the West. They could have a three-time MVP on their hands, but nobody's talking about the Nuggets. And if they allow themselves to get frustrated by that, they can take their eye off the ball when the goal at the end of the day is to win. And so if there's concern about cynicism, if there's concern about, you know, um, uh, these things that are affecting the fan base and turning them off of us, 
if the goal is to win and put the pieces in place to win, and we go about approaching things on a day-to-day basis with that goal in mind, then you'll win over everybody. You'll win over folks locally. You'll win over folks nationally. That should be what it's all about. And what I appreciate is that they have pieces in place, to your point, where that is the goal. I can't speak to the past, but that is the focus. That is the primary focus. And you're going to have hiccups along the way, you know, along this journey. Um, I mean, when you're digging for gold, you're going to get dirty. And I think we're going through a little bit of dirt right now. But um, if, if you want to change the minds of folks who have been beat over the head for a long period of time wearing the Timberwolves jerseys, you just have to go out there and win and show the heart that we saw in the second half of the game yesterday. You show that heart and determination, full strength. I mean, what are we talking about here? You show that heart, determination, full strength. We haven't been able to see that this season. We saw hiccups against teams that they should have beaten, you know, when they, they had a relatively healthy roster without catch. So it's just that focus, that mind frame moving forward that I think that they'll win over everybody. And even with, I got to say, give a shout out to everybody, because even with as much as the team has been beat up, the way folks have turned out and screamed yeah. their head off and, and supported this team, yep. like I just have so much love um, for this fan base and, and uh, all, the, all the Minnesota team, to be honest with you. Um, I was in, I was at... Um, I was at U.S. US Bank for the uh, Colts-Vikings game. Yeah. I didn't see very many people leave at halftime. I was impressed. I was yeah. <laughs> thoroughly impressed. And we've had amazing crowds with great energy at Target Center. Um, I'm hoping to go to a wild game tomorrow. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I've been really had a great time with this fan base and the enthusiasm. And it's right there for the Timberwolves. Yeah, and one other thing, like, to just, like, get as simple as possible. Like, we can talk about, like, goals and, like, organizational mantras and all of those things ultimately you need a star player to take the franchise over and carry them forward and before Steph Curry got to Golden State they were an absolute mess before Giannis emerged in Milwaukee they were a team going nowhere in an old building and with nothing in front of them And so one of the issues that this team has had over many years is after KG left, who is really equipped to take a team through the sludge, you know, be Shawshank Redemption and crawl through all of the shit and foulness and come out on the other side. Kevin Love tried, he couldn't. Ricky Rubio tried, he couldn't. You know, Carl Anthony Towns has done his damnedest, but has has not been able to for, you know, reasons both of his doing and, and the organization's doing. But Ant seems to have that quality, that innate thing that can help you transcend all of the bullshit. And, you know, what we saw from him in the fourth quarter last night was there are like five players in the league who can do that who can lock Brandon Ingram up and hold him to three shots, who can block C.J. McCollum at the rim and go down and convert a three-point play and, and take the crowd and put it in the palm of his hand and say, don't worry, I got you tonight. And there is a belief in him, and he's 21. He's not there yet, but when you extrapolate out to 23, 24, 25, that's the guy who can bring a new stadium to Minnesota. That's the guy who can solidify the future of this franchise. That's the guy who can make a coach look good, who makes his teammates better, 
all of those things. And so, um, you know, it's up to them to continue to develop him and to help him through it and put him in a position that he wants to be here and wants to be invested in that. But forever and ever, they've looked for that, that guy. And I think they have him. It's just now it's getting him to that position to be ready to go. And I, I, um, I just to follow up on that, you've watched a lot of basketball. You've seen a lot of players come through here and around the league. We're not just blowing smoke. No. When I watch Anthony Edwards play, and I watch him in practice, there is truly something special that you don't see in a lot of other players in this league. There are a lot of talented players who don't have that same heart determination that Ant has. Um, there are guys who have heart and determination and that fight in them, but they don't have as much talent. Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Got a lot of heart and determination. Yeah. Not the talent. Not yeah. the talent. Yeah. <laughs> just, be, just being honest. He would have right? punched both yeah. those guys <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, but Ant has a Jordan-esque, and again, you have to be careful saying that, but he does have a Jordan-esque quality about him. And to impact the game, that, the game yesterday that, the way that he did on an off-shooting night, and then to go pull 13 rebounds down, yep. to steal, you know, have four steals. Four blocks. To have four blocks. I mean, he was doing everything within his power, and he was exhausted. It was one of a couple of times this season where there was a moment in the game where Ant looked at Finch and said, time out. <laughs> I'm telling you, time out. I, I, I need I mean, a break. Yeah, yeah. You, know, and then happened, you know, he's working himself to exhaustion, and as a, as a basketball fan, that's something that we can all appreciate because he puts it all out there. You know, he doesn't care about anything except pooping and competing. And battling, whatever it may be. And again, that's a, that's a Jordan thing. In Jordan's day, Jordan wanted to compete on a basketball court and then on a plane, let's play cards. Yep. Ant wants to compete on a basketball court and we play in Call of Duty when we, get, <laughs> when we get home. He just wants to beat you in any way possible. And it's just a, a competitive edge to him, matched with the skill that I think is really special. And not, there aren't, it, it's a superstar quality. Not an all star quality, it's a superstar quality. And we're seeing the genesis of that right now. Well, and, and after the game, Zion Williamson pulled him aside afterward yes. and just like, bro, like I had to give you yeah. respect. Like you see the way not only his teammates, but other players around the league look at him. Like, let's be real. Like Rudy does not have that respect. Carl Anthony Towns, right or wrong, does not get the same level of respect. But like Draymond Greens, the Zion Williamson's, the, the many players who they go up against always look at Ant and say, this guy is going to be a problem for a long time, and I have to respect that, and that's just different. I covered uh, Kirby Puckett as a beat writer, and you just described him. Yeah. He, he, wanted, he would get on the plane and want to play cards. In fact, the rookies called him Paycheck because they would always win this paycheck off of him because he was a terrible <laughs> card player, but he wanted to compete. And one year, he uh, organized the NCAA tournament pool in the, in the clubhouse and then went around and bought, like, the top 15 teams. Because he wanted to win so bad. So he, he spent more than he could possibly win just because he had to win. It's amazing the mentality of some of these guys. All right, big picture here. I still think that, you know, there have been so many permutations of this team, so many problems, so many. It, they were so close to having a special season. They really yeah. were. You look at the standings, and if they win, you know, they win three more games, they're the five seed. If they win seven more games, they're the three seed, and they are the talk of the town. And I, I, you know, I want to get your opinion on this. I think if Towns doesn't come into the season sick and underweight and then get hurt, I think if he has a normal Carlton Towns season, I think they are the three seed. 
Yeah, I mean, like the the that's the the hard thing about analyzing this team is that for being forty two and forty and all of the frustrating losses that we have seen and all of those things, um, you it, you can see a scenario where they have the top end talent to beat anyone. Finch has said it. Like we can beat anyone, we can lose to anyone, and so like it's not a normal mediocre forty two and forty team that you know. Even if they make the playoffs and they get into to uh, the play, they're they're five games and done. Uh, you see scenarios that can unfold where Anthony Edwards takes over a series, Carl Anthony Towns takes over a series, um, Rudy Gobert makes his presence felt defensively, and like they are just a matchup problem for everyone. And I think that's why fans have been as frustrated as they have been, rightfully so, is that you see that for the first time in a long time. There is like real potential for a deep run type of a team. Like last year was super fun, came out of nowhere, and did we really expect it? And six games against Memphis, yeah, that was fun. Like we didn't see that coming. They they sort of it was a group that played out of their skill level um, because they played so hard and together. This group has so much more talent that if they were able to put it together, they're a very real problem. But they haven't been able to do that this season. No, no. Cat Towns injury really hurt. Yep. Um, Nas Reed's um, rise later yeah. in the season, uh, once he was given an opportunity, was massive. And the potential of how that was looking with Gobert playing at a higher level since the All-Star break, Towns being back, and then Nas Reed playing confidently. And even when Towns returned, decided not to take a back seat. Yeah. I'm still going to get mine yeah. out there. That's when I, you know, you start to look and go, wow, there's really something here. So the Nas injury really hurt um, as well. But if Towns had stayed healthy, they would have figured out some sort of rhythm. They were losing games that they should have won. Early in the season, there are teams that are, that are eventually going to get bad, but they're playing out of their mind yeah. early in the season. Yeah, they and played too many games against the Spurs before the Spurs knew they were bad. Exactly, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, and I give OKC credit because they looked tough initially, but they have stayed strong throughout the season. I give them a ton of credit for making the play-in. But, yeah, the Timberwolves, I want, I want to see them healthy and have an extended stretch to see what this looks like. This could be a, an off-season to change. We don't know what's going to happen. But uh, the health certainly derailed things. I think a lack of focus certainly derailed things as time. We mentioned those games against Charlotte, the two against Detroit, Detroit yep. Houston, Washington. two against San Antonio, both against Washington. And then now with my and my play-by-play guys, um, Chris Miller, play-by-play guy. Like I want to beat these guys. Like, I, I want to. You know, we talk trash. Play-by-play guys talk trash too. So I want to have some bragging rights. So those didn't sit well with me. But you're right. You win those games. We're not talking about you're you know four seed. an eight seed. You're yep. talking about being a four seed. And then there isn't this high pressure, high intense game 82 against Pelicans. Right. Um, that leads to you know unfortunate situations. So. Um, I, I look at everything as a learning opportunity, an opportunity for growth, and I hope they look at this, and we'll see how the rest of this thing plays out the rest of the way, starting tomorrow, but heading to the offseason where that is a real opportunity to recalibrate and think about what you want to be as a team, what you want to be as an individual player and as a team, and then when you have those games next season against the Houstons of the, the, of the world, the Detroit's of the world next season, there's a different focus, there's a different mindset. Hopefully you're healthier. Um, but there's a little bit more, um, hey, the, again, these their words, respect paid to the opponent.
And we do have a mic up here. If anyone has questions, just walk up to Brandon here and uh, put the headset on and make yourself famous. So just walk up, give, give Brandon a 20, and we'll get yeah. you right in. Don't be shy. Uh, you both know the league so well. I want to go big picture here. It strikes me that this league has evolved to the point where you do look at a 42 and 40 team, a team that in the play-in, and you go, good Lord, they're talented. I mean, you just... There are a few teams that really aren't trying to win right now. There are a couple teams that just aren't very good. But I'm stunned when I watch NBA games and I watch Timberwolves opponents, and you'll see a team come in with an seemingly having an average season, and then you watch them play and go, they got so much talent. They're well coached. There really aren't any bad coaches left. There might be coaches that don't succeed. I don't think there are bad coaches anymore. Uh, every team uses analytics. There aren't any Mark Madsons walking around getting minutes to play. The league has evolved to a point where it's like somebody asked me on the radio the other day. Oh, boy, did the Wolves just play terrible defense the other day? I said, well, you know, I can't say they play great defense, but when people are hitting fall away 26-footers, it's more than just bad defense. Well, yeah, and I mean, the, 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 there's a reason that there's so much talk about expansion right now yep. because there is a depth of talent with across the league that would support two more teams, um, Seattle, Vegas, whoever it is. And so, uh, yes, I think that, the influx of talent makes it so you play Charlotte and LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward are out there, and you're like, on the right night, you're like, man, these guys are a load. Um, and that makes it fun. That also is what makes it frustrating this year for the Wolves because the West is wide open this year. And, like, is it ever going to be this wide open again? And did you miss an opportunity by not being able to cash in, whether it was just being lucky with health whether it's being focused and doing those things, um, there was a real chance for them to make some serious noise. And again, maybe they can still do it. Maybe they can find a way. But like, uh, there's no one in the West outside of maybe Phoenix, honestly, that really scares you if you're fully healthy and ready to go and they just haven't been able to get to that point. What about Dallas? I mean, they got yeah, Kyrie right. and Doncic. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be tough, right? That, I mean, and that's the perfect example. You put Kyrie and, and Luka together and they get waxed. Like, like not, there's not many times in league history where you put two stars together like that and they get absolutely run off the floor. I mean, that's just like, that's how good these guys are now. And I think that's what's, that's what's great about the league right now. There are a lot of two-star teams. We may see a super team again. You know, Damian Lillard could be out in Portland and could join a team and they could form a super squad. But we're seeing a lot of two-star teams and that's what makes this window look rather compelling whether we're talking about the eastern conference or the western conference so you know clippers got their two-headed monster paul george is hurt right now uh denver has a lot of depth but you know Jokic and then murray or whatnot the clippers excuse me the, the sacramento kings with sabonis and De'Aaron fox with what he's done this season and then even phoenix they're you know going to be one of the favorites for sure but how lo much longer is cp3's yeah, window absolutely you know so you know devin booker and Kevin Durant are going to be a problem for sure, but once CP3 is done, that opens things up as well. So I think we have an extended stretch across the NBA where, okay, who's really going to win it this yep. year? And I think that's great for the league. And I selfishly want Seattle and Vegas in the league. Oh, yeah. God, yes. And that's for those trips. For Two great reasons. NBA cities no, so go, and great cities. Yeah, go lose money in Vegas <laughs> during a road trip. That'd yes, be sir. Awesome.
Hi there, uh, Mike from Minneapolis. First, I'd like to say, Mr. Grady, I've been a big fan of your first year, so I'd echo the sentiments. I think you've been a great addition to the broadcast so team. So, so welcome to Minnesota. Um, <clears throat> my question is, going back to your Brooklyn days, you don't have to name names unless you want to name names, <laughs> but were there any situations that you saw, whether it was in a game or in a practice, that came anywhere close to what we saw yesterday between Rudy and Kyle? Good question. In Brooklyn, yes. Um, James Harden, and it always seems to involve big men, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, Harden and, and DeAndre Jordan, which formed a nice little tandem for that short window that they were together, but there was still frustration at times from Harden defensively with Jordan wasn't getting back or doing some of the things that he felt he should have been doing. James Harden being frustrated defensively. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Was, That's really funny. <laughs> No question. But that's the only one, again, it never rose to the level where you thought they were going to throw blows, maybe separated a little bit, but that was, that's probably the one that stands out the most, James Harden and DeAndre Jordan. Right, right. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Almost seems like the NBA with the pressure, the visibility, the egos, the stars, the money, it's almost, and they spend all that time together. It's almost an incubator for some yeah. dissension, isn't it? You know, I, and I'll say this. Um, I don't like a team that I feel would never fight. Mm. Yeah. Like the teams that I feel would fight each other are the teams that I feel a little bit better about. Mm -hmm. You never want to see it happen. But like you just said, these are high intensity games. And if you have really competitive guys who care about their jobs and roles, then you're going to get on your teammate and tell them what they need to do. And it also means that you're playing an important game. Right, right. Like, and you care. Like, like, I covered so many of these teams that just wallowed through a you know 15-win season, a 20-win season. It's just like there's no reason to get riled up because nothing matters, really. So yes. You know who echoed that? Rebecca Brunson. I did a podcast with her uh, you know, a few months back, and she was saying, you know, then the links, there were five great personalities, five future Hall of Famers. Everybody loved them. They seemed to love each other. She said, we did love each other, but that doesn't mean we didn't fight in practice. We yeah. fought all the time in practice <laughs> yeah. because it mattered. Yep. Practice mattered, and the next game yeah. mattered. Yes, sir. 100%. Spencer from Maple Grove. Hi, Spencer. Uh, thanks for coming out. Grady, welcome yeah. to Minnesota. Thanks, brother. My question is, I'm concerned tomorrow against the Lakers specifically because Rudy and Jaden are out. Who's going to cover AD? Who's going to cover LeBron? How do you anticipate Finch is going to tackle those matchups? <laughs> yeah, good luck. It's, it's tough. Um, <laughs> I do think, like, we heard from Ant last night that he's ready to take on the Jaden role. Now, obviously, that asks a lot of him if you're also wanting him to be one of your focal points offensively. But we have seen him have the intensity and the willpower and everything to attack that. Um, can, he, can he do it for 38 minutes? Uh, we will find out. But I think he's the natural one. Like, he wants the challenge. Is he going to be up for it? I don't know. Um, but he's going to attack LeBron and, and go for it. For AD, I think you'll see Kyle Anderson on AD a lot. Um, and I think they'll try to hide Towns on Vanderbilt and then, and then see what they can do to keep AD out of some sort of rhythm. Again, having Rudy would be much better. Having Jaden would be much better, but they're going to have to kind of like flip it on the fly and, and do the best they can. And Quite honestly, they're just going to have to score a lot of points. Yeah. Like, Cat's going to have to score. Ant's going to have to score. And it's going to be like, if they're going to win, it's going to be 123 to 118. 
it's not going to be like in Golden State where it's 99-96. Yeah, yeah, no, totally agree. It is tough. And, and the main thing that's tough is just depth. You know, the Lakers can throw a lot of bodies, and they can run up and down. And we saw how much ex- uh, energy our guys exerted yesterday. And it's going to be have to be the same type of thing, but on the road in a tough environment. Having Jalen Noel back perhaps helps with that, that run-and-gun style. Who's missed a lot of time with that left knee. Um, but the depth and the number of bodies they can throw at you, the fact that Ant is going to have to exert a lot of energy once again on the defensive side of the ball without Jaden to help take some of that pressure off of him. So they're going to have to dig deep once again if they're going to get the job done tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. A lot of Tim Wolves gear here tonight. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Hey there, guys. Uh, Tim from Minneapolis. Um, so projecting a little positivity, right? Recognizing we're a 500 team and we got two guaranteed. Maybe we'll get one. Um, looking forward, given Stephen Adams being out now, right? Looking at how in the past we've covered Jokic. Um, which of these two matchups do you feel is more promising moving into a seven-game series, given McDaniels being out at this point, and how we're going to have to implement Cat and Gobert on some big men? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's Memphis. I think they want Memphis. I think Ant feels comfortable with Memphis. Um, and they feel like they should have won last year. And yes, they would be shorthanded, but Memphis is also shorthanded. Um, I also worry about the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies think they have accomplished a lot, and they have not. And so they can come in a, with a little more bravado that actually could work against them. Um, and so... Denver, I fear, would be a short series. I think Jokic is just way too smart to exploit any kind of weaknesses that the Timberwolves would present, which are obviously more without Jaden, without Ant, or excuse me, without uh, Nas, and uh, with Rudy wherever he is. So um, you want Memphis, you want to win tomorrow to have a real chance, but, uh, but it, Denver, I think, would be a, a, a real big uh, challenge. It would be it would be tough for sure. I do think that they could make things interesting with with either team, um, but both teams do. Even with the injuries that Memphis has, they do have depth. Denver yep. certainly has depth. Um, interesting thing about Memphis is since John Morant has returned, he hasn't looked quite like John Morant, and so he hasn't quite gotten that swagger back. And I was talking to Taylor Jenkins recently, and he said, "Look, he's when when John Morant came back, he saw the team in such a great rhythm." that he was kind of tippy-toeing around, you know, reacclimating himself. And that's kind of led to some, some uh, I don't want to say dysfunction, but they just haven't looked as smooth offensively or defensively. They're still really talented, but I agree with you, too. They, they talk a lot, yeah. and that can certainly work against them. And even with the bodies that the Timberwolves have lost, you still have Ant, you still have Cat, and you have Rudy Gobert. So that's, that's enough to make things interesting if the other players are able to step up I think it could make things interesting. It would be tougher against Denver, no doubt, but I'm, I'm really interested to see uh, how this whole thing plays out. These, these play, I mean, we're jumping the gun a little bit, obviously, but the play-ins are going to be great, too. Yep. Lakers game, and you know, hopefully they're able to surprise us and win that one. But uh, the next one after that, whether it's New Orleans coming to town or, or don't sleep on, on OKC, it could be really interesting, brother. Good question. Nice. Thank you. So, so, like, do they hire Pat Beverly to come jump on the table if they win in L.A.? I mean, how does that all work? <laughs> I mean... Hey, they would, you know, they got laughed at last year for celebrating. If you win in, uh, if you in beat LA, LeBron you sh- you and AD on the table. <laughs> without all your guys, jump on a table, do jump whatever you got to do. Yeah, Go absolutely. right to the clubs in LA right after that and tear it up. I would have no problem with it. I'll join them. Hey, Nate. Hey, hey, how you doing, how Jim? are you? Nice to see you. Good doing to pretty see you. good. 
NATO from Northeast Minneapolis here. Hello. Um, I have a, a two-parter, if that's okay. Uh, number one, um, a couple days ago, I don't know why, but I was poking around expanded standings, and I realized that uh, this was a couple days ago. As of yesterday, Memphis has joined this club. There are five teams that have winning records against teams above 500 in the NBA. Those teams are Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, Denver, and Minnesota. One of these teams is not like the others, if you catch my drift, and I'm just asking for some insight on that. And then I want to throw it to you two. Um, I'd love to know if you would be willing to share some of your uh, sports writing and broadcasting heroes and influences from uh, coming up over the years. By the way, that's Nato Coles from Nato Coles and the Blue Diamond Band. Tell them. Don't tell them this. Yes, I got to tell it. I got to tell it. Uh, really, really cool local band. If you ever get a chance to go see them, go see them. I have, and they are very good. Fire away. Yeah, I think, like, well, on, on the first point, that's been the biggest frustration of the season, and it, it's been interesting because this team is not young anymore with Rudy, with Mike Conley, with Kyle Anderson, but they're really important players are really young and you have seen when they play Houston when they play Charlotte when they play Detroit unfortunately the 21 and 22 year old Ant and Jaden don't bring the same energy a lot of times with it and those two players are sort of like the barometer for them Conley and Gobert and Anderson are more of the 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 glue guys and and I think Ant and Jaden are the ones that either determine, are this, is this going to be a special night or is this going to be a, man, we're fighting for our lives night. And, and so I think that the longer that those two are in the league, the more that you will see them have a kind of better understanding that you got to take all these games seriously. And maybe this year will be example number one for them of like, they can look at it and say, shit. Like if we would have won three of those games, not even all of them, no one right. wins all of them. You always no, have letdowns. Yeah. But if you win three more of those games, you're in the five seed and you're like, let's freaking go. And so um, I think that's been the biggest issue for them is just that, that emotional maturity um, and the inability to navigate a long season and wanting to take a night off here or there and not being able to summon that, that poise. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm <laughs> there's nothing really to add to that because that's been – Really, the issue all season long. Um, taking off the ball against some of the lesser teams. Why don't you take the second always one? Always getting up yeah. to play. Um, for me, my my influences um, coming up. Uh, Bob Costas and Ahmad Rashad always kind of wanted to be a a, a blend of those two um, for sure. Uh, I also grew up watching a lot of boxing on HBO and Jim Lampley and the passion that he had, calling some amazing fights over the years, and um, his just love of craft and his vocabulary. And same with Costas. I just really loved, and um, I, uh, it's funny, I, I will watch the very last HBO, uh, boxing on HBO broadcast happened a handful of years ago or whatnot, and uh, it's on YouTube, the clip, and I watch it once a week maybe, you know, if, if we got a game coming up, and it could be against OKC, it could be against the Lakers, and I just put that on, it's maybe 20 minutes or whatnot, and I just see... Jim Lampley, his passion is he's getting ready to call his last fight and talking about the history. Um, Max Kellerman on the broadcast, Roy Jones Jr. Uh, I'll watch it once. Uh, I'll watch it once a week just to get amped to get ready to call a, a Timberwolves game because I want to bring that same passion in. Yeah, for me quickly too. Uh, 
Lee Jenkins was a, was a prominent Sports Illustrated basketball writer, and he like I always joke like, but it's true. Like I write Hallmark cards. Like I want to like I want you to cry a little bit in, in a lot of my stories. <laughs> like I don't I don't get into the X's and O's as much. I don't do the analysis as much as that. But like I hope that I can make you feel something, and and that comes from deep reporting and really connecting with a with your subject and and telling a story that can relate to someone who never has played the game. Um, I always wanted my grandma to read the stories and be able to like relate and, and feel good about it. And so like Lee did a great job with that. And then from like the beat reporting side of things, like um, Steve Ashburner was a long time, uh, he's at NBA.com right now, but he was a long time Timberwolves uh, scribe for the Star Tribune. And when I first started on the beat, the first year was the year after the Western Conference Finals and when everything fell apart. And I was new to the beat and I was young, I was I don't know, 25 or whatever. And, and I remember there was a few times where everything was falling apart and Sam Cassell and Charles Spreewell are having their issues and all of these things. And there were times at practice where Sam or some one of the players would pull Steve aside and have this long conversation and lay it out. Here's exactly what's happening. And I trust you to handle this story the right way. I know that you have the contacts and I knew that. And I was on the outside of this looking in and I'm like, I want to be the guy that when shit is hitting the fan, they come to me and say, this is my, this is my perspective. I trust you to handle it the right way. And I want you to be the one that presents the most accurate portrayal of it. And so watching Steve do things the way that he did, I really kind of followed that way. And 20 years later now, hopefully I'm in that spot. You are. Good seeing you, Nato. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Step right up. All right. I guess I got one question for John and one question All right. for Grady. Um, for John, I'm going to go with how do the injuries to Nas and Jaden kind of affect their extension plans? Um, and then for Grady, I see on the, your broadcast, your Bally Sports broadcast, I always pick Bally over, you know, the national mm -hmm. guys. But um, how does Rudy – Here's a better way. I see Rudy get, kind of get on his teammates when, you know, the def defense breaks down. Does that rub his teammates kind of the wrong way, I guess? Does that lead to something that happens yesterday afternoon? Does that lead to dust-ups in practice, something like that? Gotcha. <clears throat> um, no, uh, no, I'll say that that is common with every team everywhere where, um, especially when you're talking about a defensive anchor, and you just you don't want a runway of guards, you know, attacking the rim where you're putting yourself in a position where you don't want to draw a foul. Or you have to affect every single shot. So I think a, a attitude of holding everybody accountable is present on most good teams. And we've talked about it. Um, playing with an edge, uh, I think, is extremely important to be successful. So these type of dust ups or these kind of conver heated conversations or whatnot are not uncommon in training camp practices. Shootarounds on occasion. One of the most con contentious shootarounds I've seen involved Kevin Durant when he was challenging coaches on a defensive game plan for a, for a game later that evening. And Durant is calling out Jacques Vaughn and calling out some of the other coaches. And I just thought that was really fascinating. And all the coaches took it in stride. And so it's all about being a competitive and wanting to win and then having that credibility because of the effort that you're also giving. So you're not calling guys out and then not doing your part. That's where you can, you know, that's where it's not going to go over well and can lead to some other type of scuffles. So 
I, I think you see that around the league quite a bit. Well, and you and Jim Pete in the broadcast media. Oh, all the time. Mean, come on now. Yeah, like it's, it's terrible. He's like, whooped my ass a few times. I whooped his ass a few times. I mean, it's just, it's just ongoing. It's just, yeah. Uh, for Ant Jaden, um, I think Jaden's going to get paid no matter what. Um, I think he's put enough out there that, like, and he's going to stay here. Like, they are going to figure out a way to pay him, and it may be a, a very big number, uh, but he's earned that. Um, with Nas, the only thing it might affect a little bit if he had gotten into the playoff and really continued to do what he was doing leading up before he got hurt, there may have been a chance for him to graduate from the 11, 12, 13 million dollars a year that someone might throw at him to 15, 18 million dollars a year, maybe even more to really lure him away and give him a starting job. Um, there is a small chance maybe that the injury will depress the the number just a little bit but he's still going to get a big number and whether the wolves can do that or not i think depends frankly on what their bigger questions that they have with this roster going into the offseason do they stay status quo do they make some changes um but they would like to hold on to nas i think nas would like to be here if you could work everything out with role and money um but he may have missed out just a little bit on the chance to really rock it into the 18, 20 million dollar a year range. He's still going to get a great contract. He deserves it, and maybe even you know a starting spot in Charlotte and Dallas and in one of those you know big uh, starving teams right now. Uh, my question is about backup centers, and thanks so much for for doing this. Appreciate you guys coming out here. Uh, but backup centers, uh, do they have a lot of confidence in Nate Knight? Is there any talks about making a move to allow Luca to? to play in the playoffs? Is he allowed to play in the play-in? That always, always feels like a gray area. You know, is the playoff, play in the playoff? And then is there any benefit for Rudy being out in this game if he's injured? Well, the, the one benefit is like, you know, we can talk about the suspension, but I really do think like we've seen back spasms linger for a couple of days. And so if he was going to be limited in any way, which I think he's still battling through that a little bit, Probably better that he just doesn't play, that they figure out another way to do it and that they go into the game knowing Rudy is not here so we can game plan for it. Um, for a backup center, Nathan Knight, he's a bull in a china closet. Like if you need physicality, if you need someone to just mix it up a little bit, which they may need against the Lakers, I could see him getting a little bit of run. Obviously, it's nowhere near what they had with Nas. When Nas came off the bench, you're like, okay, it's time to wreck this second unit. And they don't have that quality anymore but I think in the right matchups maybe against a Vanderbilt if he's like really throwing his elbows around or something you might throw an aid in there and let him foul AD three four times <laughs> and and do that and and just and just mix it up a little bit but I do think that it's probably as likely that it's towns and maybe then they go super small maybe Kyle's at the five maybe you know they figure out another configuration that way and then Nate is kind of your case of emergency break glass guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think tomorrow is just a, a big energy game. Um, when we think about Vanderbilt and what he provides that team, when you think about Austin Reeves and how he plays, I mean, these are high-energy guys. And so whoever checks into the ball game, play, you know, competently and then, and then play with a lot of energy. So, and, it, and I can't express enough how tough it is for somebody like Nate Knight. And he's had successes and he's had games where it hasn't gone that well where, you know, Cat has been out of the lineup and then Gobert's in foul trouble or maybe Nas gets in foul trouble and then here comes Nate Knight checking on the ball game and, and has a tough defensive assignment because Gobert got in foul trouble. So what do we expect of Nate Knight? 
Yep. And then all of a sudden he goes out there and gives you quality minutes. And then we have games like yesterday where he picked up three fouls in two-minute two minute, two minute yep. span. And it's just a very difficult position to be in where you're not getting that rhythm every single night. So I think that's the part of the, the fun part of tomorrow is – yeah, he may get an appearance, and you just don't know what you're. You just don't know what you're going to. He see. will try to dunk on you. There's he no will doubt try, about that. And I, and I, from I, the free I throw love line. that. Yes, like yes. It's, he does not care. And like, I love that about him. Yep. I love that about him. He's um. I, we, we call. I couldn't say this on. There's so many things that I would like to say on a broadcast, but sometimes it's foul language. Let it out. But we know the meme with the 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 chart. The the, the fuck around and find out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's Nate Knight to me. Yeah. Like that, he just plays with this type of attitude and this physicality. He wants to dunk on you yep. and everybody that you've ever loved. That I just, he just reminds me of that, that chart. He tests me if you want. Um, he's knocked more guys in practice than I can, uh, his own teammates, <laughs> that he's knocked over and knocked down and didn't help them up. Yeah. <laughs> he just walk, like steps over them there and was- just kind of walks on. Like he's, I just, I, I, I love his competitive edge and, um, I hope that if he's given an opportunity that it works, that, uh, that it certainly serves the team well tomorrow. Speaking of things, Michael, that you have said or can't say on the radio, we talked about this a little bit, but can you take the fans through your um, dearly beloved, like with TP, and coming up with that like on the spot and, 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 and choosing the time to land it? Like, you that, know, was probably, that was probably the toughest part. Um, so... I, I think I, I went to a concert at the Fillmore um, not long ago, and it, you know they'll play songs to kind of you know appease everybody while you're waiting for the artist to come out, and and then it comes on, you know, and let's go crazy comes on, and I, I I don't know why it never occurred to me before, but I just go mm, okay, let me write that down real quick. Let me just if it if an opportunity arises, and at that point TP wasn't playing that well, yeah. so I don't know if I'll get an opportunity to use it. I mean there have been. So you're writing notes, sorry, on your on your phone. You on like my phone, of, yeah, yeah. I'll write it down real quick, and I'll yeah. have things that if and I'm not reading it during the game. I'm hoping that I absorb it, to where when a moment happens, it you know it comes to me. And sometimes a moment passes, um, or sometimes you have a moment like that. And so Prince, it's his first three, it's his second three, it's his third. Do I want to waste it in the first <laughs> half? In fact, I'm not even thinking about it that early, right? Yeah. And then fourth three. Fifth three. We're in the second half. We're in tense, important moments in the game. Sixth three-pointer. Okay, no, the time is not right for that one. And then now, and I can't remember at what point that eighth yeah. three-pointer in a row came. But I remember as he was getting ready to line it up, I'm like, this is it. <laughs> if he makes this one, then damn it, I'm saying it. Yeah. And, um, and the best thing about it is um, they won the game. Yeah. Uh, Plays like that, moments like that live on because you win. If they had lost at Madison Square Garden, you know, it'd be like, I don't know that anybody would say anything about Dearly right. Beloved. Yeah. But they won the game, and it was one of the best games of the season with, with being so shorthanded and in that environment. And are you kidding me performance from Torian Prince? So that was... Um, that one made me happy. I was, that was the happiest I've been on a plane after a game. So everyone knows that now I've had some real TV experience this year yeah. with Valleys. And I'm <laughs> telling you, if I was the sideline reporter at that game, I would have injected Dearly Beloved like after the second three. Like, that's it. Like, I'm blowing it right here. Like, that's it. And that's why he's the greatest. And that's why I'm over here just writing and not doing much else. So. You've had some lines too, my friend. <laughs> With Kevin Hansen and <laughs> yeah. asking about the ladder from Menard, uh, and we're both in the uh, we're both in the same <laughs> club, my friend. <laughs>
Hey, this has been great. Uh, thanks so much to Michael for coming out. John, of course, with a great show as always. I'm going to get a final thought from each of the gentlemen. Once again, I want to thank our producer, Brandon Morton, holding things together. Again, this is the John Krasinski Show. This is TalkNorth.com. If you like sports or outdoors or whatever, check it out. Subscribe. You know the deal. Thanks again to Headflyer Brewing, uh, again to Aquarius Home Services, All Energy Solar, Manscaped, and TSR Injury Law. All right, gentlemen, final thought on anything you like. It can be the Lakers. It can be something random, whatever you like. Let's start with Michael. Oh, on the spot. Or John uh, can go first if you're not ready yet. I'll take Give it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say thanks to everyone here for coming out. Um, thanks to Headflyer for having us because, look, this has been a very difficult trying season and i remember we were here at the start of this season and i think i stood up on the chair and kind of had a celebration because this place was packed and everyone was really excited you're the and, pat bev of local me media and, and maybe it, it has not kind of like really played out the way everyone expected but to see like all of you come out on a monday night and really support all of us through this whole season and follow our coverage and and do all that at your special special fan base um I wouldn't want to write for any other team, even though there's been all of these ups and downs. And to know that you guys are in it is great. And, and I dream of the day that you guys get rewarded like in the biggest way possible. So thanks for coming out. Yes, sir. Michael, and, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I'll, um, I'll, I'll piggyback that. I, I want to thank everybody for coming out for sure. And I want to appreciate, I appreciate um, the love this season. Um, I hope you know that it's reciprocated and that I, I uh, I've developed a strong connection with this fan base already and the love for this team and this people. And that's really what excited me when I got here about calling games for sure, because it's been my, you know, in Brooklyn, I was doing play by play here or there and mainly doing sidelines and the opportunity here to be the full time play by play guy and to be able to tell these stories um, means the world to me. But on top of that, the fan base and the connection with the people who live and die with the team. And if the team is going through a tough stretch, um, then we'll drink to that and say, hey, man, this is, <laughs> this is tough. Or if they're having successful moments like at Madison Square Garden or what we saw yesterday, then we'll drink and have a great time to that. It's, it's the journey and the way sports connects all of us and through the highs and lows. And so I'm... John, is, you've been around here from, you know, the get-go, right? Yeah. And, and I, I feel your passion for wanting to see this team achieve something great. Um, and I know it would mean something to you personally, but I know it would mean something to all of your readers and everybody who's followed your podcast and everything else. And, and I'm, in a short amount of time, I'm feeling that too. So uh, if next season is successful, you know, we're going we're gonna to have, have fun. If, if next season isn't, then again, we're going to drink, drink to that too. But I love the fact that we're just all in this together, and I really feel the passion. And I thank everybody for um, embracing everything that we do and enjoying uh, Jim, Pete, and I. Jim's a legend, and I've, been, I've thoroughly enjoyed Jim. He's been amazing. And, uh, and I'm excited about the rest of this run. Hopefully, we'll get some playoff games. We're not doing the play-in, but we make the playoffs, then we will do the first round of the playoffs. And so um, I'm really hoping that we get to call some games in the postseason. Everyone, please uh, give a hand to Michael Grady and John Krasinski. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, come back to Head Flyer. You know, you know, come back when we're not here, and we'll be back here eventually. <laughs> so thanks to everyone. We'll talk to you soon.